Daily Drive is brought to you by eBay Motors. Auto dealers, are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Daily Drive. I'm Steve Smith with Automotive News. It's Wednesday, March 24th. Be kind. Show gratitude. Smile and say good morning. Hold the door for someone. Say you're sorry when you make a mistake. Listen when someone is speaking. Treat others with respect and dignity. Sounds easy, right? Many of us have been taught these important lessons to living a good life since we were children. And sure, they sound easy, but according to Dr. Harry Cohen, psychologist, executive coach, and author of Be the Sun, Not the Salt, applying these and other virtues to one's life is hard. It takes purpose, focus, discipline, and an ongoing determination to at the very least try every single day. The good news? The more you try, the easier it gets. The more you try, the more sun you shine, importantly on yourself and equally important on the people we interact with in our roles as friends, spouses, parents, colleagues, mentors, coaches, leaders, bosses, and yes, sometimes even as strangers. Being the sun and not the salt can have a profound impact on your own well-being and on the people in your life. That's one of the reasons I invited Harry to join me on the show. He lives by the principles he teaches. And who doesn't want or need a little sunshine in their lives these days, particularly given how hard the last year has been for so many people? What Harry does in teaching the scientific principles of the heliotropic effect is bring sunshine into the lives of his clients, which includes some of the largest auto dealer groups in the country, as well as other executives throughout the automotive industry. He helps them be better people, as well as better leaders, managers, and colleagues. Done right, says Harry, and the positive impact on workplace culture and performance can be truly transformative. My hope is that over the conversation you will hear today and tomorrow, you too will discover ways to be more sunny and less salty with yourself and in your professional and personal relationships. I've caught up with Dr. Harry Cohen at his home office in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Harry, welcome to Daily Drive. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm looking forward to a terrific conversation. How are you? I'm great, Steve. It's my absolute pleasure, and I'm thrilled to be able to do this. Well, thank you. I've been a longtime fan of yours, read your book. We've had conversations over the years. And one of the things that has always resonated with me, and, and frankly, one of the things I love about you, is your point of view, your feeling about heliotropic leadership. So why don't we start with helping our listeners understand what is the heliotropic effect? Uh, the heliotropic effect, and I smile because um, many people make fun of me for this because it's a funky sounding word, but the heliotropic effect is the tendency for all living systems to move towards energy, which sustains life, which is why a plant tilts towards the sun. But it turns out it's true for people, too. People can be heliotropic. In other words, they are life-giving to other people, and people are drawn to them because of the ways that they behave. My dear friend, Charlie Gilchrist, just called me the other day to wish me happy birthday, and he, and he said, uh, um, you know, I, I can't say that heliotropic, that helio, heliotropic word, but I know what you mean, Harry. It's about being the sun, being your best self more often, which is exactly the point. 
So it means to be your best self, because when we are, when people are, people are drawn to us naturally. It's not like something weird. It's the way that all people like being around people who are uplifting to them. That's the heliotropic effect. Well, it really, you know, you talk about being outward to others and being the sun to others in, in your book, Be the Sun and Not the Salt. But what's interesting to me is that it really starts with your own well-being, right? It starts with you inside. So why is this important to starting with yourself, to your own well-being? Why is being the sun to yourself such an important piece of, of your point of view? Well, first of all, all this material isn't my point of view, Steve. It's empirical. In other words, research has found, you know, the Center for Organizational uh, positive organizational scholarship, the University of Michigan, and a whole lot of researchers for the last several decades on positive psychology and positive psychology applied to organizations and leaders. It turns out that this stuff isn't pop psychology or people's opinion. It is, in fact, empirical. In other words, it's undeniable, just like gravity. And so when you ask, you know, why is it important to be the sun for yourself? This is where it starts. This is about us. People respond to other people who they are. How do they make them feel? And if you're not good to yourself and taking care of yourself and respecting yourself and honoring yourself and doing basic hygiene, like basic taking care of yourself, it shows up. You can't ignore the fact that people are disrespectful to themselves. So the idea that you must be a living role model for being a good person, a good leader, if you're going to help others, is the point. You know, you can't own, you can't sell what you don't own, a wise man once said. If, you, if this isn't true for you, this isn't something that you can technique. You know, like, how do you, you got any techniques on, uh, on being authentic? Yeah, be authentic. You know what I mean? Like, the stuff, the stuff you can't fake. So yeah, being yeah. kind to yourself is important. Well, it kind of right to your point of authenticity. And one thing that I've learned over the years in, in leadership uh, academies, leadership coaching, quite frankly, conversations that I've had with you as well, is this notion that leadership starts about authenticity. It starts about vulnerability, which we'll talk about a little bit later in this conversation, the importance of being vulnerable as a leader, as a mentor and a coach. But you know, it, it all really you have to start with with you. And so where do you start that, right? In terms of focusing your your yourself, focusing on yourself to hone your heliotropic superpowers? Well, I mean, honestly, you can start, we can start, I can start, you can start. Anybody listening to this can start anywhere at any time in any given moment. I got a text this morning from a dealer just out of the blue, and the text was it quote, is there any chance we can make the world a better place today? Question mark. Well, of course, the answer is yes. And I called him back and said, dude, I love that. He said, no, I thought I'd start your day with that quote, because there's infinite numbers, infinite numbers of ways that we can make the world a better place. Hold the door for someone, right? Say please and thank you. Smile, even with your mask on. There are infinite numbers of ways that we can, quote unquote, be our best self today, period, or for someone else. Literally, this is the key to this stuff, which is pay attention to when you are being a good person slash good leader, good parent, good friend, and look at the behaviors that you are demonstrating. And then do that some more. This is the 1% solution. 
great book I'd recommend, Atomic Habits, is it's all about the 1% that we can get a little bit better. And in doing so, everybody feels it. Because again, when you hold the door for someone, I'm using that as a metaphor, the person that you're holding the door for says, thank you. And by the way, saying please and thank you, like we teach our kids, is basic. I was just taking a positive uh, organizational leadership class about positive communication. And the, the professor talked for about 15 minutes on the importance of a positive greeting. Now, again, this is all the empirical effect of what a positive greeting does. Now, we know this, but you know when you walk into work in the morning, you say, good morning. It makes the person that you say that to feel a little bit better versus walking right past them. And that's, you know, that's how you start. You say good morning and mean it, right? Well, that's the point. I mean, I think the meaning part of it, I think, is is important. And quite frankly, in the world that 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 I live in, that goes in my head, et cetera, et cetera, and, and those of us that have, have been around more season than others, some of the younger folks that I speak with don't always get this reference. But I often say, is it Memorex or is it is it live or is it Memorex? And my point there is that it doesn't matter how you are feeling on the inside if you are having a salty day to to to, to use some of the references in your book right it's it's how you display yourself how you carry yourself to be you know a a a servant leader a servant mentor a servant coach would you agree of course 100 percent. but again these are all words what matters is you and i are agreeing on this what matters is what is it like to be on the other side of you if you're a leader listening to this how do you create a culture in your organization where people go, I got to work for him or her. I love being in this organization, the best organization I've ever worked for. That's what we're trying to do. And it matters how the other person experiences us. So these are all great words, but what matters is what do we do and how do we make other people feel around us? And do people say, love working for that person. I'll go through a brick wall for him or her. And believe it or not, that's true for many people. We want to be that person. You say this is hard, right? We're talking about principles that mom and dad taught us, that our teachers taught us from as long back as we can remember. And I think for some, they might naturally perhaps first off say, well, this is easy stuff. It's not. It's hard. And you say it's hard. You also say it gets easier. So, so can you tell us a little bit or talk a bit why it's hard and, and why it gets easier and talk about the focus and the discipline that, that being the sun requires? Yep. And I love the question. And here's the answer. First of all, it's hard because whether we were, whether we were taught by parents that weren't magnificent or grew up in cultures that weren't magnificent, or we didn't have mentors, role models, teachers, and coaches that literally showed us, this is how you are to behave. This is how, you know, James or um, um, Coach Wooden used to take uh, his beginning players and instruct them how to put their socks on. Now, Coach Wooden, who won 18 NCAA championships, wasn't talking only about socks. He was talking about if we got to get the basics down before we do anything further, because blisters make a difference, but he's talking about all the little things that we have to learn over and over and over and over and over again from the time we were kids until now, and we're not done so that it becomes automatic as opposed to, and here's the rub, our default position and training and culture and norms all around us focus on what's wrong, the defects, that which the glass half empty. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. What's also true is that the glass is half full. So you have to train your mind to not reflexively talk about defects, talk about mistakes, talk about the gutter balls, rather focus on strikes and spares. That's the training. So you can hear it in conversations, you know, let's talk about the, the, the misses. Hold on a second. Can we first talk about the strikes and spares? And, and by the way, that's a great, great story, which is they showed a group of bowlers videotapes of their own strikes and spares and gutter balls. 30 days later, they broke and they broke the group in half. Who do you think bowled better? The group that looked at their strikes and spares versus the group that looked at their gutter balls. And so how does it get easier? You train yourself to look at your strikes and spares, to look at other people's strikes and spares, not their gutter balls, okay? Or even when they knock down a couple of pins. Hey, at least it wasn't a gutter ball. And the mindset that you have to train ourselves to do this is constant because you'll hear it all around you. You'll hear it in every management meeting. You'll hear it from the media. You'll hear it from people who don't even realize. The problem is, they start the, the, the sentence with, well, the problem is, uh-huh, and what's the solution? Or they'll start with, well, you know what won't work? Uh-huh, and what would work? So the training over and over and over again so that you see what will work rather than what won't work, or you see the glass half full rather than half empty, creates the cultural norm of we look for solutions around here. We look for what's working well so that we can do more of it around here. And that's what I do. Now, that's training. That's practice. That's like saying, how do you train yourself to say, God bless you when someone sneezes? Well, you do it 500 times and it's automatic. But the first time that someone says, you know, around here, we say, God bless you when someone sneezes. If you didn't grow up in a family like that or a culture like that, mm-hmm. you wouldn't know to say, God bless you. And by the way, a lot of people were never trained to say good morning and smile. Or, you know, in some cultures, it's look at your phone while someone's talking to you. No, 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 that's that's rude. That's not how we roll around here. Well, we, well you know, I was just looking at my phone for a minute. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's disrespectful. And there's so many ways that we are disrespectful, unkind, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a million ways that we are wonderful. The more we train ourselves and the people around us to be a smidgen more kind, a smidgen more thoughtful, a smidgen more um, authentic, the easier it gets. But it does require work. Most people don't lean into this deliberately. That's okay. Our job is to do it anyway, period, full stop. That's it. I think as human beings also, right, but also as leaders, as mentors, as coaches, right, we have to invest that time in ourselves, not only to make ourselves feel better, but to serve as that role model to to others. I'm I'm curious, my sense is that doing this also breeds confidence, right? There are individuals in this world that are more confident than others. My sense is that this is also helpful in breeding confidence not only within yourself, but also confidence with your teams, right? It's okay to say, hey, I tried the sun, and at some point say, but this failed, the salt, maybe the salt, I think that that you could be, you could, you could argue that a little bit or debate that a little bit. This notion of confidence and this notion of giving permission folks to have confidence to say, okay, that 
uh, I was wrong or I or I or I, I struck out or I missed to use some of the analogies, the metaphors you've used in our mm-hmm. conversation. Is that is that fair? Yeah, it is. But remember this. Everyone makes mistakes. That's everyone. So define a mistake. No, no, you define it. Whatever you want to do. You can define any mistake you want. We all make them. The key is as soon as we realize that we did do the next right thing, whatever that might be. Now, apologizing for making a mistake with another person, i.e. making them feel bad deliberately or unconsciously or inadvertently, you can clean that up and say, I am sorry that I did that. That was, that was not my intention, period, full stop. This is what I was trying to do with no excuse for what I just did. What I was trying to do is the following. And remember, the more you practice this, the easier it gets. But people, and that's all people, and we're no different from this, have to practice this. And when I say this, what I'm talking about is leaning into being our best versions of ourselves. And the key here, Steve, is you don't have to become someone else. This is really refreshing. You're not, I'm not talking about being anyone else. This is you. When Steve's at his best as a father, as a husband, as a leader, as a coach, you could take it apart and you could say, well, what does Steve do? And those are the behaviors that you want to do. Now, when Steve behaves in ways that are counter to that, let's say you lose your temper with your kid. Not a good move. Understandable as a father. Very, Mm -hmm. very, you know, normal and, and appropriate. You can choose to do anything you want right after that. You can say, son, daughter, I'm sorry I lost my temper. That was inappropriate. Let's get back to business. Or you can just get back to business. The kid will experience all of it. Our job is to be a great parent or leader and say, listen, that's not how I want to lead. That's not how I want to parent. I want to bring out the best in you. I want the best for you and I want the best from you. And I'm not going to give up on that. If my pressure on you feels difficult, please know that's because I can, I see in you so much potential. And remember the greatest coaches and the greatest parents and the greatest bosses that we've ever had, they applied pressure. They were quote, lovingly tough on us, but they did it in a way that brought out our best. That's our goal to bring out our best in, uh, to bring out the best in others by focusing on our own, that which includes making mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. It's great. It's the only way we learn. So it's in the learning through the mistakes that we can be the great coaches that we are and push ourselves and others to be a smidgen better and to have really high standards. What I want for people is to have really high standards of how they conduct their lives so that people are influenced by those high standards. And what I mean by high standards, I'm not talking about creating people's, you know, creating a, a, an environment where people are scared to be around you, but a high standards of conduct where you'd want people to work in that environment, to live in that environment. You'd want your kid to work for you or that culture. Mm-hmm. Such a great environment. That's what we're trying to create here in our lives. We'll be right back with more of my conversation with Dr. Harry Cohen, author of Be the Sun, Not the Salt. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. 
Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online. eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory, sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. And, and let's, you know, staking, sticking with these moments where there were mistakes, et cetera. I mean, being the son also, you know, on top of all of, the, of, of all of the examples that you just provided, I mean, it's important to have that support structure, right? That know that I'm oh, your sunshine. You. I'm right. We're going to have these moments of, of conflict. We're going to have these moments of mistake, but underlying I'm your sunshine and I'm here to support you and help you thrive in those moments and learn. And we're in this together it doesn't matter to your father, husband, coach, boss, leader. That 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 is also a piece of that having that that support structure, that confidence. There is a trust in the others around you that it's okay to be vulnerable in those moments and make those mistakes and share those mistakes. Yes, one hundred percent. And again, this is about constantly working to let your people know if you're a mean if you're a manager or a leader that your people know intellectually and emotionally. You have their back. You will support them up one side and down the other, no matter what. I was talking to another um, head of a huge automotive organization again this morning, thinking about this, this interview. And he was telling me a story about how that's what they work on. They constantly pressure all the leaders in their organization to know they have their back and to take care of their employees that they're here like their kids. This is the metaphor he used that these are, you know, you have hundreds and hundreds of kids and our job is to bring out the best in these kids as a metaphor, as a, as a parent in a large, large family. And then he shared that that also means that when someone's behaving in ways that is counter to the health of the organization or the health of one of the people that you got to do the right thing, which in some cases is you can't be here. You can't behave like that in this organization. He told me he let two F&I people go in an organization of 60. He was the only two. And these two were, 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 um, were doing things that were incongruent with the values of the company. And they let him go. And the 58 other people were like, hallelujah. You saw it. You saw what these guys were doing. And, I'm, and, and the message was so good in that you have our backs. This is not how we want to roll and I'm glad you took the hit. And, you know, it was a costly hit for a while, but that's how they roll. That's the culture that they have created and they maintain and sustain. And it's courage that, that, that it takes to do that. 
But this is, you know, this is like motherhood and apple pie. You can't deny this stuff. It's just hard to do. Yeah, and you get lost. I mean, it gets lost as well, right? These simple things are often lost yep. in the day-to-day turmoil. Yep. I mean, frankly, I think all of us, I shouldn't say all of us, I, you know, many of us are are struggling with mental well-being as we go through the COVID, uh, the COVID pandemic, no longer side-by-side with colleagues and friends, et cetera. So it's easy to lose sight of these things. So I love the fact that The story you're telling and what you're sharing with us today is not only a reminder of those motherhood and apple pie things, but, you know, the 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 reflection, if you will, or the the, you know, um, uh, I'll I'll figure out the right word here in a minute, but the validation that this is hard work, you just can't think about it and, and think it's going to just happen. You have to put in the time, the energy, the forethought, the will to be the sunshine, not only for yourself, but for the others around you. Absolutely. Just um, every Monday I call into a, um, a large dealership group and the, the general managers of all the stores are on and they talk business and I talk this stuff, this leadership, be the sun, not the salt stuff. And um, I was telling them last week that, listen, I'm doing this podcast. Give me a nugget that would, help the people listening to this, that they might appreciate what we're doing. And the leader of the organization said, well, I'll tell you one, Harry, um, two things. And there are two general managers on stores on this call right now. They know who they are. One guy shared with me privately after one of our meetings that I was behaving in a way that was contrary to our values. And I wasn't being the sun. I was actually being the salt and making things a lot more difficult. And I love that he told me, but it was because we had created a psychologically safe space And frankly, he credited me, but I'll give it right back to him. He created the psychologically safe space for that particular GM to confront or tell him, hey, dude, you're not living up to the values that we espouse. He took it so well, and it was was magnificent. And then another guy, again, the same story, same dealer shared this one, said, look, another GM shared with me, I love the way you talked about one person in an organization. It was a very small example of good behavior that the guy called out and then three or four other people called it out and it became a contagious effect and the man shared he said this is the effect of focusing on this stuff deliberately making it public talking about it having the courage to have these conversations out loud every single week another group i start with a little five minute what what are we grateful for just go around the room, take not, not not even five minutes to focus on what we have and not what we don't have, especially during COVID. So you start with a few minutes of what are we grateful for, really grateful for, and people can say anything they want. It's, this is unscripted. And it sets the tone for what do we got, not what we don't got. And that, that work and focus, that's how it shows up. Yes, of course, it's motherhood and apple pie, but it takes work and effort to continually remind each other that if we're going to create a culture where we can talk openly and honestly and transparently about everything, the good and the bad and the ugly, we got to create a psychologically safe space to make it okay to say, hey, well done, dude. I'm proud of you. Equally, hey, dude, that's not how we roll here. Come on. And, and that is, you know, the ideal where we can talk about anything in the service of excellence. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I'll play off that a little bit. Teams that I've led, I've, I've actually adopted some of your thinking in the past, right? Teams that I've led previously, I often started these you know, regular 
weekly, biweekly calls with the first 10 minutes saying, you know, I've described them as moments of good, regardless of mm-hmm. what it is, moments of good. Mm-hmm. Let's share something positive. Let's share something. And I think philosophically, the team members that have been part of those conversations have liked the idea on paper. But in that moment, a lot of times crickets. And I don't think it's because there's not moments of good, be they personal, be they professional. I just think it's this moment of uncomfortable that's saying, wait, I'm supposed to share something good in my life with these people that are my colleagues. And and perhaps that makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit vulnerable. How do, as a team leader, how do you, how do you not only break through that silence that maybe some folks might run into hosting, encouraging, asking for these moments of good, these, these moments of gratitude, how do you, how do you get others to, to follow along and, and, and be, uh, uh, you know, be contributors to that culture? You stand in, at, at the, at the, at the center of the table. If you're the leader and you say, look, this is the culture we want. You're relentless. You do not give up on what you know to be true. You make it real, make it authentic, don't overdo it, and move on. It's like everything. Picking up litter matters. Everything speaks. Mm -hmm. So what you as a leader have to do is be congruent and consistent with the values that you espouse as best you can. If we want to talk about appreciating others, let's start right now. If we want to talk about focusing what we have and, not we, and what we don't have, let's focus right now. And so in answer to your question, it takes relentless discipline, relentless discipline. Oh, every week we have to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. yeah. Let's go over the basics. And it's and, and if you can, if it's if it's rote and boring and uninspired, well, then it's rote and boring and uninspired. Then find a way to make it real. But th- this is. This is for you and the organization and the world. I mean, customers can feel this. You realize, of course, mm-hmm. that customers can tell when we have created a culture where people treat one another with respect and dignity and are being the sun and not the salt. Everybody can feel that, and they can also feel the slow transformation. Hey, this organization, this company, this department used to be a lot saltier. Well, yeah, you notice it, don't you? Yeah. Well, how can you tell? Well, they say all these great things. People smile. People ask, can I help you? People, you know, look to to lend a hand. And there's a general, you know, levity while professionalism pervades the place. But that takes effort and everything matters. So the people in the organization do the things that make those people feel that. Again, it's the little things, but those little things add up. And it's also an intolerance for salty behavior. It's an intolerance for disrespect, disregard. Just like a tiny grain of salt, you can feel it in your eyeball. A Mm. tiny bit of disrespect, people can feel it. Customers can feel it. We can feel it. So this is not walking around like with a clipboard catching people doing something wrong. It's just the opposite. It's catching people doing something right. And when you see people doing something wrong, you make mental note of it, whether it's yourself or somebody else. And you say, I got to fix that. I got to address that. We're having a lot more examples of whether it's people coming late or dropping litter or not wearing their mask or being disrespectful or not saying good morning, whatever it is. Those are things that we have to address talk about it and get right back on it. 
It's never ending. It's not like you ever, there, we're there. We finally got there. No such thing. But the goal is, let's say you're 90% fabulous. Awesome. Great. Let's go for the final 10. Look, the best of the best, they keep working at it. That's what we're talking about. This, this, this message is for people who want to get better. For the people who think that they're already good enough, kind enough, compassionate enough, forgiving enough, forget about it. Change the channel. This isn't for you. This yeah. is for the people who know we can get better. As good as we are, we can get even better in every respect. Talking about pick a category, let's get a little bit better there. That's what this is about. Being the sun is not about being fake. It's about being your best self, your heliotropic, uplifting self, expressing any virtues. Pick a virtue. They're all good. You like kindness? Go more kindness. You like authenticity? More authenticity. You like compassion? Great. How about dependability? How about, you know, honesty? But remember, honesty without discrimination is very, you know, it can be cruelty. Do these pants make my butt look big? No, it's your butt. That's not, you know, that's rude. You don't say that. That's disrespectful. Well, it's true. Well, you don't say something that's true, but unnecessarily unkind. So that's, you know, that's why this work is work. How did I do today? I did pretty well. I uplifted a bunch of people today. Good. Good for you. How about tomorrow? Well, let's see what I can do. That's Daily Drive for Wednesday, March 24th. Join me tomorrow for part two of my discussion with Dr. Harry Cohen. We'll talk about the power of sincerely saying I'm sorry, the power of saying thank you, and how to find gratitude in salty moments. I hope you join us. In the meantime, for breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash daily drive. As always, thanks for listening. I'll be back tomorrow.